0: 10, 9, 8,
1: 7, 6, 5.
0: Hey everyone, I'm Darian Simone Harvin here with another episode of Am I Allowed to Like Anything? Now before we get into the show, I want to let you all know that we have some really good exciting changes coming to Am I Allowed to Like Anything in the next month or so. So just be sure to keep your ears and eyes on us. In the meantime, you can rate and subscribe to Am I Allowed to Like Anything on iTunes. And we're also giving out some pens. The link is in this episode's description. Now, on today's episode, I brought on Ella Cerrone, one of the funniest people I follow on Twitter. Ella is the digital entertainment editor at Teen Vogue, and we talk about everything from having no chill and what that means for us to Kanye West before, before he officially transformed the two letters KK from a response that we were all just simply sending in text messages to Kim Kardashian. So shout out to the memories, enjoy, and as always, let me know what you think.
1: It's always really flattering, honestly, when somebody's like, I like your Twitter. (laughs) And it's just like, you just complimented. Like that's the greatest compliment anybody could ever give me. But
0: like for real though, that and eyebrows. That, yes. So you have been the digital entertainment editor At Teen Vogue, At Teen Vogue for, like, the past five months or so. Yeah, I'm still very new at
1: this. Still very new. So how's it going? It's great, honestly. Um, I mean, we're just having a lot of fun. And I get to write all day long about Justin Bieber. Like, that's the dream, I feel. Do you ever get burnt
0: out on writing about entertainment in that capacity because you've cuz you you were at New York Magazine, you were at Thought and you so you've really been writing I feel like about culture. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is a little bit more like entertainment news based. Do you ever get burnt out writing about it?
1: Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will have a day where I write seven blog posts because my freelancers are freelancing on other stories and yeah. somebody else has to pick up the slack and I right. at that point my brain's like I can't make one more joke to save my life. <laughs> but I just genuinely like entertainment. Yeah. Um, I grew up in L.A., and so my parents were always in the industry. And it, Oh, wow. So what do they do? If you don't they're both that? accountants. Okay. So it's the furthest thing from what I do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my dad works for SAG. My mom has worked at production companies my entire life. Uh, she worked at Power 106 when I was a little kid, and that's where I learned about rap music. Um, Wait, where did she work? Power One Hundred and Six. She worked at Power One Hundred and Six. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Actually. Yeah. So I was like an eleven-year-old little idiot running <laughs> around the hallways, and they didn't know what to do with me. So the DJs would just take me into the booth, right, and teach me just about rap. Did they ever let like, you touch their equipment at all? Like, their- I never learned how to DJ. That was that was the one thing I couldn't do.
0: I, sometimes I have to tell myself, like, Darian, I know it seems, like, really cool to want to know how to DJ, but you do so many you, you can't, I can't pick up another thing. Like, I <laughs> legit cannot pick up another thing. But, so, okay, so when you were, like, younger, do you remember who you were listening to? Kanye. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and then just, like, so a lot of, you know, obviously old Kanye, now that his new song sounds like old Kanye, it's just the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, when you grow up in, like, the early aughts, it's, like, A lot of nelly a lot of ti a lot of these people who still sound the same as they did back then right i actually really appreciate that and something i've
0: been thinking a lot about recently and i think even just growing up in the 90s i mean the hip-hop in the rap that we were listening to is like the furthest thing than what is on the radio now yes and but for me it's not that doesn't mean that i don't like it but I just think it's so interesting to like watch how what how hip hop evolves, like Young Thug, Travis Scott, like, we really consider them in many ways, like figures that are up and coming in hip hop, and they're not even really rapping. Right. Travis Scott doesn't even consider himself a rapper. Right. I just think it's so interesting how like, I don't know, it's not that I don't like it, but I definitely love listening to the 90s stuff because it's just like what you fall in love with.
1: Right, no, I think it's very much what you fall in love with. I mean, that's why I still love NSYNC and Spice Girls. (laughs) Those things are always going to be things that we love because we grew up with them, and that's what we know. Right. Um, And nostalgia is such a real thing. Nostalgia is so real. Right, so every time I'm like, I really want to listen to Ludacris, Luda will always sound like Luda, and he does his kind of rap in a way that only he can do it, that, like, travis scott and drake and you know all these people i think they understand that they can't do that right and so they're not even going to try which is (laughs) smart of them and i I really respect it i mean drake's been breaking boundaries and proving that rappers can also sing right um nikki did that before him i even want to say um so i mean people are really starting to break the mold and redefine what these tiny little boxes that we think of other, you know, that artists are capable of. Yeah. That's not to say that, you know, we still can't have, like, spaces in our hearts for the OG stuff. Exactly.
0: Uh, I want to talk about your social media because when we, you know, we had spoken on the phone and I think you brought up something that I think is a really good point. You talk about how, you know, we really have to choose and sometimes be careful, or at least not careful, but cognizant of what we share and don't share, right? Like, there are certain things that you're never going to share about your life on social media. I'm not, I'm never going to share about my life on social media. But I feel like you've really found a way to, like, garner this audience without, it's not really, for me, in my opinion, it's not really about, like, your the personal, like, details of your life or, like, feel like mm-hmm. it's based off of, but it's more of about your personality that I feel like people are really attracted to, right? Oh, no, thank you. So, but like, okay, so let's talk about your Twitter. Yeah. Just, oh gosh, my Twitter. like The tell, beast of my Twitter. <laughs> tell me, do you remember like when you got a Twitter and just kind of how
1: you went about using it? Well, I don't actually remember when I got a Twitter and mm-hmm. I'm sure if I were to Google weird or like not even Google, but like Twitter search my name and like weird keywords. Yeah. I would find old tweets that I was like that was a bad joke it's and like, just you need to delete it so nobody knows that my book beginnings were terrible because back then when I was just using Twitter to amuse myself it was done in a much more I think in the way that a lot of other people use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I was working at Thought Catalog they one of the things they really told us was that you know you really should try to cultivate an audience. And like saying that just sounds really bizarre Mm -hmm. to somebody who might not be in the industry or something like that. And I've never really wanted to like, you know, be like, here's my platform. Let me just start spouting off nonsense. So to really do it in a way that was still very genuine. And so people didn't think I was trying to pimp myself out all the time. Yeah. um, Because I'm never, ever going to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't share all of the blog posts I write. I don't. People just don't need to know every joke I make about God knows what. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, all the jokes they know about Kim Kardashian, they know I'm making those. But (laughs) um, so it just started steamrolling. And then if I had a a story on Thought Catalog go viral, people would find me from that. Okay. Um, And people would really come to me for my niche. There was almost kind of like, writing about heartbreak and almost relationships and these things that people really thought, like, they could see themselves in. Um, They thought I was talking about myself, and in some ways I really was, and in some ways I was using an experience that I had as, like, the seed. Mm -hmm. And then making it a little more universal so that everybody else could relate to it. Um, And that's sort of the way I kind of approach, you know, if something really funny happens to me, it's like, okay, so, but what's universal about this? What can I connect with people about? Um, And I would always want to make that authentic and real but at the same time you know something that's more relatable than just like this thing happened and I personally thought it was funny. Yeah,
0: like you really find ways to phrase it in a way that's like super universal.
1: Right, and obviously sometimes not everything is super universal like that but I mean, my mom, God, this woman, um, she texted me and she's like, I'm playing the lottery because there's more chance that I will win that than you will ever give me grandchildren. This happened last week and I tweeted it out because I was just so shocked oh my that my gosh. mother would shade me that hard. Wow. That's shade for real. It really I was just like, that's impressive. I'm really proud of you for that moment. Yeah. And people just really took it and ran with it because <laughs> I guess it, it hit some sort of guilt thing that parents are so great at doing. Right. So if, even if something is very specific thing that happened, because I doubt that other people's parents texted them the exact same thing, the <laughs> undercurrent of like, my mom is guilting me for not yeah. being settled down and having children is the kind of thing that runs with that undercurrent. Yeah. Do you feel like you have ever
0: been offered things because of social media? Like, sometimes people pay for posts or
1: ads or, like, stuff like that. Like, if people ever approach you about stuff like that? I'm just curious. Not really. Okay. Um, anything that I put on social media that I'm genuinely, like, is something that I'm genuinely into. Yeah. And I definitely think that's... How it needs to be um, in general because um, anything I write about, it's because I genuinely care about or I'll try to find a writer who genuinely cares about it. Um, The girl I have recapping Pretty Little Liars for Teen Vogue right now. Oh my gosh. She's obsessed with the show. Do you watch Pretty Little Liars? I watched it at the beginning and I fell
0: off, but I wish I would have never fell off.
1: I keep on trying to catch up. But I'm so far behind that, and so many bonkers things have happened. So many that crazy things have happened. I need to catch up more than I have. But that's why I couldn't write about it in a convincing way. So I, you know, uh, she was freelancing here and there for me. And I was like, wait, you look pretty little liars. Do you want to do this for me? Yeah. And I feel much better, you know, now that somebody who really cares about the show is giving it. Because readers can tell when you care. Right. Um. And I really am not the kind of person to spend all day just writing about stuff I hate because it's draining. And
0: I think that that's really important to, I think, know because Mm -hmm. I think just being in your 20s, sometimes I feel like we get pushed into doing things that we don't necessarily want to do but feel like we need to do Mm -hmm. to get to where we want to be. And like to some extent, you do, right? But I think it is like such a strong point to realize, like, I'm not passionate about this. Right. And I'm not going to do it.
1: (laughs) Right. And there's other ways. I mean, obviously, there are some things that you always need to just kind of fake it until you make it. Mm -hmm. But people can genuinely tell when you care about things. They can tell when you don't care about things. And I think that for a while, there was this trend of, you know, people... Wanting to hate on stuff and it got tired really fast. People got exhausted even just reading these tirades. Mm-hmm. And because it's hating something actively is just so draining. It's and so every genuine. time I have to write a thing piece in which I hate on something, by the end of it, I'm just mentally exhausted. Right. Um, and so it's so much more fun to write about something that you genuinely love. And to shout out Michael Arsenault,
0: who was telling you about earlier, I think that. Michael does a really good job of reviewing Love and Hip Hop Mm -hmm. and to your point one of the reasons why I do feel like he's so good at it is because he gets the show like he understands the show and I think to some degree he likes the show like he enjoys watching it And, and I just think that and also just circle back to this point and Michael has like been on the podcast before I absolutely love him but I just think there's something to be said like it is okay to write and to expand upon things that you
1: genuinely enjoy and
0: like and to voice that
1: oh absolutely and i mean no matter what you do whether it's an interview with somebody whose music you actually really like you're gonna get much better questions or even if it's a blog post about something you genuinely care about you can turn you know this tiny little instagram post into something much much bigger because you already know all of these other details, and you can just weave it in, and it's so much easier to write. And that's why, again, like, you you know, you asked me earlier if I ever get tired of just working on this one beat, and I really don't because it's just something I genuinely care about. Yeah. And before I ask you, I really want to ask you about your job
0: as an entertainment editor Mm -hmm. and, like, more of, you know, what that entails. Before then, before that, I want to kind of talk about – your path in a way of of getting there because Mm -hmm. you weren't always you didn't come out of college saying i'm gonna work
1: i'm gonna be a writer right Right. Uh, you went to fordham yeah so i like did the entire audition circuit um and i got into a few colleges on their bfa acting track um but fordham gave me a scholarship okay um and i didn't uh, uh, audition for fordham so i was just like okay i'll study english um and I'm also the first generation from my family to go to college. So my parents really didn't know how to navigate student loans. They didn't know how to navigate you know, internships or any of these things. So by the time I graduated, I had no idea how you even went to apply for a job. Right. I had no clue. Um, so I was like, OK, I'm going to be a nanny. I might want to become a teacher. This will be like a hands on experience. Mm-hmm. And I did that for two years, but within those two years, I started submitting to Thought Catalog. And then there was a job um, open and I was like, that's my job, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get that job. At first they turned me away and I just sent in 20 pieces all at once and I was just like, just post these and whatever. And then they called me back a week later and they were like, actually, okay, let's talk. Um, I was a bit stubborn, but it ended up paying off. And that's something you really have to be, is stubborn, even though I didn't realize what I was getting myself into yeah. by any means. What do you mean by stubborn? Like in what way were you feel like you were stubborn with that situation? I was just kind of like no, this is my job. I'm getting this job. Yes. So it was a job as a producer. So um it was not just writing but you know helping other people in the submissions like I had been
0: mm-hmm.
1: post their stuff on the site. Um, And it really just blossomed. I was workshopping with a lot of writers, which is not something that every producer was doing. Mm -hmm. But I would genuinely want to take the time to send back my ideas, which was a very beta form of editing. Um, Looking back on it now. But, I mean, we weren't necessarily editing because that was against the credo of Thought Catalog. So I would just give back pointers and ask them to expand on certain things without really going in on it yeah the thing that was finally published was always their ideas i just kind of cleaned up you know typos or whatever right
0: um and so as an editor a digital a digital editor now i think is like good good to point out is what is your day-to-day like and i'm sure it fluctuates but yeah you know for anyone who who says that they want
1: to be an editor
0: what is that like
1: it's very busy. It's very crazy. Um, I'm constantly juggling the news. Um, so, we get emails every single morning with the digest of what happened. I'm constantly looking on Twitter. I'm looking at other sites. Um, I have, you know, different feeds um, that I subscribe to that always tell me what's going on. Um, so, coordinating with my freelancers to cover the news, I will always write a few stories myself. Um, editing and, you know, coordinating to put up uh, other stories that we had in the works for the day that weren't necessarily news related, um, that we had already planned out. and that also includes emailing with people who send me pitches and, you know, trying to refine pitches and assign things out um, and figuring that out. But on top of that, as an entertainment editor, I'm constantly in talks with PR people who want, you know, an interview with one of their clients or um, to put a show or new music on my radar. Um, so really cultivating those relationships is a huge part of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um and then, of course, also developing shoots and concepts and you know bigger picture things that we're working on. Um, that you know whether or not it's like going to be web or sometimes print, but there's a lot to juggle. Um, yeah. And just the way we you know strategizing how we social things out and um, really priming things for the digital landscape.
0: Yeah. And so, Teen Vogue's magazine cover right now is Amanda, mm-hmm. which we all love. It's so good. <laughs> it's so it's so good. And can I tell you? Okay, so Shay's sitting across from us right now, and so yes, we we like need to pull it out because it just looks amazing. So Shay, like you, like you gave me the magazine, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, oh, thank you so much. And I, it just didn't click with me. I don't think at that time I was like, okay, cool. Home Homegirls like on the on the on the cover of magazine, like obviously she's amazing, but I don't think it really hit me of kind of the social media impact that it would have, rightfully mm-hmm. so. And so I kinda wanna talk about that aspect of of kind of maybe from your perspective, how you really saw it, I guess like flower and blossom, I guess, from something that was obviously it's an interview with her and Solange. And it's in print,
1: but it's also on the site as well. I think something that's also important to note is that the day before Essence released their covers mm-hmm. with um, Yara and Janetta, uh, and w- which were stunning covers as well. Yes. And so there was already this momentum, this momentum about Black Girl Magic, and mm-hmm. the hashtag was already trending. And so we had been planning to release our cover the next day. There, it was yeah. not, you yeah. know, oh, they just did this. We need to put this out. There was... Never that conversation by any means. It was just this really great coincidence. Yeah. Um, It was a great coincidence. It really was. And, I mean, obviously it is, you know, Black History Month in February, and this is the February issue, but it's also great just to have these new voices and these people of, you know, of color on our covers. Um, Blake Lively and Gwyneth Paltrow were the biggest selling covers, Hmm. and now they're not. And it speaks to the digital land, the landscape and the way people really want to see themselves represented. So when this came out, um, I mean, Amandla is not the biggest name in acting yet, it, you know, but she doesn't need to be because what she stands for and who she is, is so powerful that she's herself. And that's really important for people to see. Um, obviously I would I mean when I was a little girl I didn't have anybody who looked like me on the cover Mm -hmm. Um, and I there are still times that I'm just like where's where's the Latinas but to see somebody you know to see the way a woman of color is accepted just in general on such a big publication and also so impactful it really is I mean I wish I had that when you know we were little kids, right? Like I just even think about being
0: when I really I feel like when I really started to truly pay attention to magazines beyond the Essence and the in the Ebony that I f- I feel like we're already coming through my home. I don't even think that it crossed my mind that I would ever see myself on the cover of a magazine. Right. Like, you know, like, I don't even think at the age of 12 or 13, I was even, I felt like I wasn't even used to even thinking about that. You know, right. it, I just, it. I felt like I was just, what I had almost subconsciously accepted is that I
1: wasn't going to, right? Right. Well, I mean, that's why, I, I mean, when I was a little girl, I was obsessed with Jennifer Lopez.
0: Oh, my God. JLo was like, oh my, she still is my queen. Oh, my gosh. Can I tell you, I'm going to go on record and say this. So, like, I'm I'm straight. I love men. I love men. Like, I really love men. But if Jennifer Lopez ever approached me or if Jennifer Lopez, like, you know, decided she wanted to be a lesbian and was looking for somebody, I would be her partner. I love her. I'm, seriously, I'm is,
1: so 100%. She's, a, she's beautiful. And she's just, like, kick-ass and she's created this entire career. And yes. she's still going. Like. I'm going to see her in concert at the end of the month. I'm so excited. What? I'm taking my stepmom and I was like, this is just like a moment for us. We, oh my gosh. Uh, I love
0: her and everything she's created and just her songs and her acting and her, what was the latest um, award show that she like performed at and she did like a mashup of songs? At the American
1: Music Awards, she was the host. And every time she's on like an award show, like even at the Golden Globes, I was like, "You all, y'all, she's forty six. What were you? What What am I doing? Oh, Going to be doing at forty six? <laughs>
0: Not looking like that. Oh. But we can only pray. Like, you know what I mean? That yeah.
1: I mean, we can at- only pray and get a good doctor. But right. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, there was J Lo, and then even to a certain extent. When the Kardashians, like, started blowing up, I know this is, like, they are problematic on so many levels. I get that. I understand that. (laughs) But I was a little brown girl in Los Angeles, and I was growing boobs, and I was growing a butt, and nobody on, you know, because I grew up in, you know, the Kate Bosworth era, and the Nicole Richie era, and the very skinny Lindsay Lohan era, Mm -hmm. And you were living in LA. And I was living in LA where all of these girls were just running around. And so when the Kardashians finally came, you know, they were up and coming. Yes, they're Armenian and yes, I'm Mexican, but I was like, that's my body type. Just to see something that like didn't look white. Right. It was, I grasped for it. I was, we were, I think that's part of the reason why they're so huge is because yes, we had Beyonce and yes, we had... Yeah, J Lo and all these people, but we didn't have enough of diversity, and so they came at a point when we were all just so hungry for something different. I think that's a good point. I've
0: never, I've honestly never thought of it that way because when you think about when they really came, or at least when Kim initially came into the scene, it wasn't. Well, first of all, she wasn't really discovered for the best reason. No, but it was like to see how they've obviously run with it and continue to build upon whatever
1: they're creating. I mean, I couldn't make a billion-dollar industry from that. I mean, I got the Kimojis.
0: Oh, you do? Yes.
1: Do you have the Kimojis? No, I don't. What? I feel like you... That's the thing. That's why I don't have them, because everybody expects me to have them. (laughs) And so I really need to be able to throw that curveball and be like, no, I'm not going to... I'm not that cliche. I mean, let me tell you.
0: I don't use it often but I do think it's a really smart app because it has a keyboard built into it yeah so you don't really have to switch back to your keyboard like you could continue to type on the Kamoji keyboard if you wanted to just like letters so it's interesting I think it's pretty smart but she's got to find a way to so that it's like it's not just basically like sending a photo, you know, because yeah. that's the only thing. But anyways, it's it's awesome. Um, I have a Kim Kardashian question for you later. I can oh, gosh. oh gosh, oh um, gosh. But wait, so does Kim Kardashian does she follow you on Twitter? No. Okay. She so just d-
1: responded to your
0: tweet and yeah, say lol that was great. Yeah, and I cried. I would have cried too. Um, so she's watching.
1: She she really was. Well, so. There was a video that I think Chloe posted on Instagram, and it was of Northwest and Penelope and mm-hmm. laughing. Yeah. And I... Northwest is... So cute. She's so cute. Just if I can't have galore. a child that looks like Northwest, there's no reason for me to have a child. <laughs> um, And so I just love North so much. She was put on this earth from like for my mother to make me want children. That's, that's why she's here. But... I tweeted a joke, and I was just, like, even thinking about it, I was like, there has been a video of Northwest laughing on Instagram for 13 minutes, and nobody told me. And one of the fan accounts that she follows... Yeah, retweeted Retweeted me. And then she replied to me, and I was just like... It was 10.30 at night. I started crying. Honestly, that's just funny. The
0: feds be watching. Like, you know what I mean? Like... (laughs) I don't know. And then, of course, my friends were like, that means
1: Kanye's seen it. That's what, like, Kanye knows your (laughs) name. And I just, like, you lost it. That's when you really lose it. That's when you really lose it. Um, it, It's, these things happen. And I want to be, like, pretend to be that I'm all cool because, I mean, this is my job. Mm -hmm. And I work with really awesome people every single day. Right. But then there are these moments that these people do these things, and I'm just like, oh my God. Right. Like, I'm just as much a fan as anybody else, and that's what's really, you know, important and helpful. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to pivot here. Pivot.
0: Because. Let's pivot. Yeah, let's pivot because I wanted to ask you some questions more about yourself. And I sent you this one because I do think that it takes some time to think about Mm -hmm. in this time where. Even thinking about Instagram, things have to look perfect and be perfect. I want to know a flaw or like a perceived flaw mm-hmm. about yourself that, like, y- you have no intentions of changing
1: because you love it about yourself. Um, yeah, so I thought about this for a while. I was like, what is something that, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's annoying. We, we, can pick a par- we can pick ourselves apart. Right. It's so easy to do it. And I did it for years. Um, and I still do it, you know, every now and then we're human. We're going to do it and try to find ways to, you know, better ourselves. So in some levels it's okay, in some right. levels it's... Um, but I am deeply, deeply, deeply unchill about everything. Um, oh, I already love this. Continue, continue. <laughs> well, also I'm I'm not a the chill girl in relationships. I tried to be for years and it ended me up with a seven year on and off relationship like I wasted seven years.
0: Do you really feel like you wasted? I mean, you know, you would know obviously better than me. Did you feel like you really wasted seven years, or most of it? Is it all? I waste? mean, I wasted
1: most of it. Okay, I wasted okay. most of it. I mean, there was definitely things I learned, right? Including the fact that I can't be chill, which is. The I mean, I have lesson. very little chill too. Yeah, but you know what? If like, if you care about somebody, you should tell them. I don't understand what. I mean, I get it. I understand that. When we were kids, we were taught, you know, playing hard to get is the way to make it happen. And I look back at that, I was like, that was the dumbest advice
0: ever. You know what? It is the dumbest advice, but you know, the crazy thing is that dating now, we we live by that. I don't get it either. Like if I like you, I'm not supposed to tell you so that you start to like me more. I don't. I. I can't do that. Neither can I. I don't have any. I have no chill for that.
1: I have no chill, and I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Um, you know, like every once in a while, I'll get a text from a guy who like tries to spark up a conversation, mm-hmm. and I have to like bite back, think like, "Why are you texting me?"
0: <laughs> Just wait. Oh, that's no chill at all. I oh I have my God. zero oh. chill. <gasps> Okay.
1: I'm not I judging have, you. I just, oh, yeah, you just want to get to the point. Well, I'm busy. Right. I am so busy. I'm at the office until like 9 or 10 o'clock several nights a week. Yeah. I don't have time to just like be bantering. Right. I mean, banter is great and, you know, like flirt all you want. But also tell me why you're texting me. Like, <laughs> <do you know? sighs>
0: I get that 100%. Yeah.
1: So I will tell people when I'm passionate about a project or when I genuinely think that I'm right about the way things need to you know, happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to stick up for yourself, I think, is deeply unchill because it's less go with the flow and- Right.
0: Like, I want to know, when did you become good at that in particular? Because I think a lot of people struggle with that, you know, just saying when you believe that you have a valid point Mm -hmm. and sticking up for yourself and and understanding what you want and what you don't want and
1: articulating that to other people. I think genuinely something that really helped with that actually is blogging. And like you said, um, blogging things really, really quickly Mm -hmm. because you have to trust that first instinct. And it kind of just you know moved over and it's like, oh wait, if I have this first instinct and it's strong, Most of the time, I mean, obviously there are times that I have dumb ideas and I'm going to admit (laughs) that, but most of the time my ideas are typically right or, you know, my first inclination with a joke is usually pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just to go on that, so if I have this good idea, why shouldn't I stand by it? Right. It's made less good if I don't believe in it. I wanted to do
0: something a little fun and different.
1: Okay. So I'm bringing
0: in a special Ella Serone segment okay. for the podcast of this or that. Okay. Um So I've got a bunch of you need to choose one or the other. Some of it is based in entertainment. Some of it is based in rap. Some of it's based in food. So okay. let's see. Um, Cam Chloe? God, I know.
1: I'm gonna go pick Kim because she's OG. Okay, and also because she's that much closer to Kanye. <laughs> and everything for me is how can I get back to Kanye? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Drake or Kendrick?
0: You see, Obama just answered this yesterday. Right. So now, what's your answer? I mean,
1: Oh, God, they're doing such different things.
0: They can are. Can it's I just very have true. Them both?
1: Who are you most into right now at the moment? Right now, I would be more inclined to put on Drake. I agree. Um, Not that I don't love Kendrick. Obviously, I do. Yeah, and he's doing such important
0: things. Right, he's doing such... I mean, you're right, they're, they're doing such different work. I just thought it was so interesting how Barack Obama felt so comfortable being like, yeah, I th- like Kendrick would destroy him, would destroy, he didn't say those words, he said, I think that Kendrick would beat Drake in a rap battle.
1: Well, rap battle is also a very different medium.
0: Right. Um, and he's like, I think Kendrick had one of the best albums of 2015, and it's like, but that authority that he speaks with, he's like, well, he's a president, he can say whatever he wants. <laughs> but like, to my thing, I'm like, is, is, is Barack Obama a, a scholar in in, in hip hop? We don't know that, but the fact that he felt so comfortable to me yeah. saying that kind of spoke to me. It kind
1: of spoke to me. It kind of influenced me. Oh, no, me too. But the thing is also, like, I also got to thinking about this and I was like, wait, because technically, if you're reading this, it's too late it Was a mixtape. It wasn't an album. Right. And um, with What a Time to Be Alive was a collaborative work of the future. Right and then there was to pimp a butterfly which was an album yes so they're all all of these three different works are so very very different it's very true um so obviously kendrick had one of the best albums of the year drake probably had the best mixtape of the year, year. okay um so we can have them both that's yeah thing. i mean i've i keep on going in and out with drake because he really has been hitting this like jilted fuckboy thing really, really hard. <laughs> just like, I mean, I listen to Hotline Bling and I'm just like, let her live her best life, yo, homie!
0: Yo, can we talk about that? Okay, I love the song, but some of the lyrics, I'm like, yeah, bruh, like,
1: sorry, not sorry. Well, yeah, well, that's even just like all the Justin... Speaking of sorry, Justin Bieber, both Sorry and Love Yourself are both jilted ex-boyfriend songs. Yeah. It it, it, they're so... Many songs, like in the past, I mean One Direction's "Perfect." "Hello" is technically a Jolter song. Yeah, that's true. But Drake's like got a reputation
0: for yourself now. Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm drinking what- champagne on the dance floor. Like, why wouldn't I want to be doing that? Yeah, like I'm just, I'm just looking now. Everybody knows, and I feel left out. That's not my problem. No, you're like, my ex now. Yeah girl, you got me me down, you got me stressed out. I'm sorry, but this is just kind of the motions of life. We all feel this way. Like, what else is he saying? Um, You started wearing less and and going out more. First of all, how do you really know that? Second of all... Because he's creeping on Instagram. Right. Okay, so he's he's creeping on Instagram, and he's liking Cardi B's photos. Shout out to Cardi B. (laughs) And um, even if I was wearing less... That's not for you to control or to to really speak on.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I feel like Drake also has that dichotomy of good girls and bad girls. He's, um, hold on, I'm going home. You're a good girl and you know it. Yeah. Um, he's just so obsessed with this concept of good girls. And maybe it's because, you know, shout out to Sandy for raising him the way she did. Yeah. But, because, I mean, she's a Jewish mom. She wants him to settle down with a nice girl. With a nice girl. But to get so myopic and what is good and what is bad is dangerous, dangerous. um
0: going places you don't belong how are you about to tell see you know what i mean yeah it's just um i'm not saying i don't love this i don't love the song I, I do love this song but there's some questionable i don't know if i could date a man like i definitely couldn't date a man like this actually but who who knows who knows i mean I don't date now. I don't, I don't know. I actually don't really. Maybe I would. Who knows? Yeah.
1: No, I've been on a few dates in the past few months. And I'm just like, I'm so busy that if I, I'm not, like, obsessed with you from the get-go. If I have... If I can be chill around you, if I can have <laughs> that chill, it's, like, a bad sign. That's, bad. That's a bad I'm sign. I'm too busy to have chill. Okay. So, candies. Candy is, candy is great. There's nothing...
0: Right. Um... I think I was just, when I was was looking through your Instagram, I was like, I just love that she, like, Instagrams the, like, candy. (laughs) I just feel like people don't talk about, I I don't think people talk about candy enough. That's what I think. We
1: we really don't. And I think it's also just because we got so, like, caught up in low-carb this and no sugar that. And I'm just like, you know what? No, this is, I am a grown adult and I can take my grown adult money to CBS and buy, Halloween candy whenever I want. I am living the dream my inner 10 year old was always hoping for.
0: Right, like when I hop off the subway, I don't have any issues going to the bodega and like grabbing a bag of Swedish fish before I... So I I think this is hard. I think this is a hard one. I think it depends on your taste. Anyways, watermelon sour patch kids or Swedish fish? Watermelon sour patch kids. I think that's a given. Do you like Swedish fish? I, I I went through a really bad bad addiction to Swedish fish.
1: I think they're okay. Um, I mean, they're they're candy. There's nothing <laughs> There's to nothing hate about them, right? It's already perfect. But I just really like sour candy. Me too. Warheads. Warheads are some sometimes slightly too sour because you have I to agree. like sit on that and you know like it's not something you can chew. Mm-hmm. Like I can go to soccer a bit down in the village. And spend thirty dollars on sour candy. Oh my gosh. And not regret a single thing. Honestly, shout out to the, I've been to that place before. What's it called? Soccer bit? Yeah, soccer bit. And
0: yes, yeah, soccer bit. And it's it's like it's Swedish candy, right? Yes. And oh I could go and start. You pay by the pound. Yeah, it's awesome. If you live in New York, you need to go to so- you need to go. It's in West Village. And you Soccer Bit you can send me some for this, you know, like free promo. Right. We'll set up a P.O. box. <laughs> um red velvet oreos or pumpkin spice oreos
1: pumpkin spice really yes the red velvet ones were like a fun novelty but I they were they,
0: really really sweet they were really sweet and they tasted
1: so fake yes they tasted so artificial it was almost embarrassing right whereas the pumpkin spice jojos like so not even oreos but like the ones from trader joe's yes i have tried those ones tastes like pumpkin pie cookies Ooh,
0: okay i can see and that makes sense because it's a cake so it's like a cookie um okay tinder or bumble i've never used bumble
1: okay tinder or okcupid oh god okcupid is terrifying and (laughs) well because people on there are so weirdly earnest yeah in a way that's almost slightly overwhelming, like there's a very happy medium between, I think, what a lot of dudes send on Tinder, which is hi. And I will never respond to those because. Hi. Yeah. Like, hello. What do you say? It's me. You know, yeah. like the Adele song. <laughs> but there's a difference between that and also just like going all in all at once. Um, I mean, I've had friends who met on OKCupid and are now dating and engaged. I do, I do too. Um, and I think I have more friends who are doing that on OKCupid than on Tinder. Um, but I also really use my Tinder to do man-on-the-street interviews, almost. Because um, so I've seen some of the stuff you've written on Tinder. You've written about Tinder before. I've written on t- about Tinder. I usually write about it for GQ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I'm really, like, trying to field... a thought or a concept or get a dude's opinion and mm. none of my guy friends are willing to spill all yeah i will start swiping on tinder and just asking random dudes Ooh, that's like a good strategy it, i would never think to, and they answer you honestly they right? answer me honestly because they're just so thrown off by that they're not yeah. expecting somebody to just be so, like
0: so so you're so you're using tinder for some for some other means i totally respect it yeah it's journalistic purposes journalistic purposes on tinder on
1: tinder Mimosa or Bellini? I'm going to go with a Bellini. Hmm. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Bellini girl, too. I think just, I mean, it's like, it's peach. It's fun. It's different. I can go down to the bodega and get orange juice. Yeah. But I can't necessarily go and get peach nectar. Exactly. Okay, here's my, here's my last hard-hitting.
0: Okay. This or that. Brunch or dinner? Brunch for dinner.
1: <gasps> wow. look at that um also clever i am also the worst cook in the history of ever Mm -hmm. and brunch food is like avocado toast or (laughs) pancakes pancakes fruit something that's involves minimal effort yeah um so it's just it's easier for me to just be like hey look i cooked right (laughs) (laughs) And
0: I'm being super unique because it's breakfast for dinner. Right.
1: Yeah. No, breakfast for dinner, like, will never... I will be doing that until I die.
0: Okay, so let's move on to the last segment. This has been so great. I know. This has been... We've been, like, talking a lot. Like, when did we start? I feel like we've been talking for an hour. Okay, so... It's a plus one segment. Okay. Where you get to shout out a person, place, thing that you just are totally
1: digging right now it's so tricky because i'm very much one of those people who's a creature of habit Uh and i will go and do the same thing like i go to all the same workout classes i'm a creature of habit too and oh oh this is a good one okay no so over i just um i did tone house which is a workout in the the union square for a story
0: oh i'm sorry to interrupt you Oh, I know about Tone House. I've I've been a couple times, and I don't think
1: I can go back anyways, continue. Well, it's really intense. It's intense. The muscles around my spine were sore, and I'm not in bad (laughs) shape. Like, I'm probably very fit. I was dying. And you get no real break in that class. You get no real break. It's so cutthroat. Everybody around you is so stupid fit. Models. Models. Literal models.
0: Literal models. No,
1: like actual models. Actual models. And, but I was like, it was like, this is, I'm loving this. Yeah. And the instructor I took was super, super nice. He was also super hot. They're all good looking. It's... All of the instructors are good looking there. I mean, most instructors in New York, like workout classes aren't, they're all like part-time models. Yeah. But... I was, I mean, I really genuinely loved it. And it was, you know, my first class. And they were just like, yeah, no, you're part of the tribe now. And it was. Don't you love that? It, like, it genuinely, it didn't feel, like, cheesy or, like, campy. It just was real. Yeah, like, hey. And they were, like, proud of me for finishing the workout all the way through. I love going
0: to classes where there's that teamwork camaraderie vibe. Yes. I love that. Because I feel like, especially in New York, we're around people all those time, but those people aren't cheering you on on the subway or like you're not walking down the aisle and people are like dab dab walking, you know what I mean? It's not like we're like giving each other a high five. I don't know. So, my plus one, I was telling you about Trap Karaoke, yes, earlier when we were on the elevator. And I actually really want to give a shout out to to Trap Karaoke. So for those who are listening or maybe you have a Trap Karaoke now coming to your city, Trap karaoke started out as a party in New York City where first it was obviously traditional karaoke, but all of the songs were was were trap music or rap music. But the amazing thing was that it was just girls going up on stage, right. And it was awesome. Like obviously there were girls and guys there, but the thing was girls only are gonna go up on stage and and um and do karaoke. And it's been really awesome just to see it blossom and expand and to almost to see this safe space. It really feels like for people to express themselves, to have fun, to feel empowered to exist. Right. I I went, so there was one last night and it was in Brooklyn. One of my favorite moments of the entire night had to be all about the Benjamins. So it was like two of my friends went up. My friend knew all the words. Everyone everyone's lyrics she knew like and it it hit me I was like that song is pretty long yeah everyone's got bars in the song like I don't think it fully hit me until I was like I was really listening to the song like in the moment and then like these two other girls came up on stage but it wasn't it wasn't it didn't feel threatening or like, what are you doing up here? It was like, yeah, like we're all gonna sing this song and it's all gonna be amazing. And I just I feel like that comes so few and in between.
1: Yeah, well I mean that's I mean, I love karaoke.
0: It's so much fun I'm to not see a the big way karaoke
1: pe- person, but I like to go. Yeah.
0: So I just wanna give a shout out to Chap Karaoke and I'm and just the team behind that that's really putting it together. So the one I went to last night, it was girls and guys on stage. So it was great, but it's just the vibe is very positive and non-judgmental and just fun. Yeah. And um, it, I feel like it's a space for, for anyone who wants to come. You know, like, no one's looking at you sideways.
1: Right. So and I it's just, like, we all sing along to these lyrics. Anyways. Anyway, so we should be allowed to, you know, go up and express it. Exactly. So, okay, with that being said,
0: thank you, Ella. Thank you for having me. And thank you for all your Kanye info. Oh, my God.
1: I appreciate Any, it. Anytime. <laughs>
0: anytime. And uh, what else? I mean, I'm glad we're friends now, so this me is Me too.
1: No, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely we are.
0: Yay. All right, thank you. Thank you.